Blog Talk Radio. There's a best there is in the world of arm wrestling. When I get to the table, that person, I don't care who they are, they're my mortal enemy. If I win, it's just because I wanted to be the best one time in my life. My whole body is an engine. This is a fire plug, and I'm going to light him up. Former bodybuilder and now up and coming arm wrestling sensation with a show that is over the top. Firing up the mic, the host of Arm Wrestling Nation Radio, here is Craig Zubier. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another exciting, and when I say exciting, episode of Arm Wrestling Nation Radio all day long. I've been just getting messages after messages from arm wrestlers asking me, how do I listen in? Well, quite obviously, I guess you weren't listening to the show, so we're going to have a lot of people listening to this show tonight. I'm excited. Our first guest is going to be John Milne, calling all the way from the great white north. And then um, I'm going to have a special guest, an attorney, Sophia Pallet. Greg, this is uh, Greg Gray's uh, wife, um, and we're going to be talking about the contracts, WAL contracts. She's reviewed a few contracts that were sent to her. Um, she's also reviewed, uh, she got today the PAL contract, so she's reviewed that. Um and also, we're going to talk about the big lawsuit with the UAL and WAL. I mean, you know, just of late, lately, it's just been, you know, we've been talking about, you know, how people are, you know, threatening to sue. Now it's lawsuits. Um, it's just crazy what's, you know, going on in the sport of arm wrestling now. I know some people out there think, oh, it's showing that how big arm wrestling is. But, you know, in my opinion, I don't think it's showing how big arm wrestling is. It shows how greedy some people are or how anal some people can get about certain situations. Um, not talking about contracts, but just even what's going on right now with the w, uh, WAL getting sued by the UAL. Um, had a chance to look a little over at... Um, some of the exhibits and you know some of the what's going on in that court case um with uh, a picture of Devin Larratt um was used on SN which Sports Nations ESPN show you know I don't even know if you know WAL had you know used that photo itself or if it was Sports Nation um I'm not sure who is really uh involved in the the photo you know, cropping of that. I mean, I would think that maybe, you know, ESPN might have made a mistake versus WAL wanting to use a, a UAL pitcher. I don't know. It's just crazy. But, you know, for me, I kind of think it just tarnishes the sport. You know, for me, I just want to help others and, you know, help the sport evolve. And I wish these associations would all get along instead of trying to, uh, you know, one over on each other. You know, it's just, it's crazy. But, you know, we'll talk about that a little later in the show. Um, also, you know, this weekend or last weekend, we just had the uh, last WAL qualifier here in Florida. I was a small 
small turnover. A lot of the guys, top guys, already qualified, but I got a chance to help out with some refereeing, and we got to see a few good matches. But uh, so lots of guys qualifying for that, going to the regionals in Dallas here in May. So uh, hats off to everybody from Florida that's going there. Um, should be fun this weekend. I'm looking forward to heading down south. Big Mike Aiello's down um, visiting, so it's going to be great. Going to have a practice with uh, Frank Diaz, Christian Benny, Dickie Spiroff, all those guys that I used to train with have been down there in about eight or nine months. So it's going to be great to uh, to make that journey down south and uh, get a good practice in before training up. Um, you know, table time at least for the Europa coming up at the end of the month, 29th and 30th. One of my favorite events. I love the Europa Super Show. You get to see all kinds of sporting events going on. Being a part of that, I just feel like a, you know, you, know just, you just feel like an athlete being involved in uh, the Europa. Um, you have all these other shows going on, bodybuilding, men's physique, arm wrestling, powerlifting, jiu-jitsu, wrestling. I mean, pretty cool last year we kind of watched a little bit of the kids wrestling it's pretty pretty funny seeing these little five six-year-old kids just getting it on so uh that's uh denise and leonard's event 29th and the 30th in orlando at the convention center so if you're in town check that out it's gonna be a great one all right well we're gonna be back here in a minute just gonna give a word to our sponsors and we'll be right back with our first guest john milne Alliance is committed to producing powerful arm wrestling apparel to athletes around the world. Our mission is to represent the arm wrestling community with unmatched design, unique style, and superior fit that will set you apart from the crowd. Our shirts, made from next-generation cotton polyester, allows for maximum comfort and quality. We offer custom orders for hats, compression sleeves, team or individual shirts, and arm wrestling tables. Visit our site at www.armedallianceapparel.com and gear up today. Rep the movement. Armed Alliance for Life. Prepare for the battle of your life. Bring your A game and tune your weapons with the Wrist Wrench. The Wrist Wrench is a weightlifting pulley handle designed by and for arm wrestlers. It helps develop and strengthen the hand, wrist, and forearm. Crank up your power with the Wrist Wrench. Visit thewristwrench.com today. That's www.thewristwrench.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I want to welcome our first guest of the evening, good friend of ours at Arm Wrestling Nation Radio. I want to welcome John Milne to the show. What's up, John? How are you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic, Craig. I don't know if I've ever been better than this. Well, that's awesome, man. I know you're... I'll uh... tell you what, I'm, I'm a little bit fired up, too, but first of all, are before you? I get started on before I get started on everything, okay? All right, cool. I want to congratulate you on your, your expanding your radio show. I noticed on Facebook today that, that that's happening. You're looking for a new name, and uh, I wanted to tell you before I got going on my rants that uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people love what you do. Your radio show is essential to the sport, oh, well, and I just you. want to say congratulations for uh, for expanding that and get moving on that. 
Well, thank you, man. And I'm, I'm really happy that Igor and uh, PALs give me an opportunity to start a TV show on Armbet's TV. So sorry, guys, you're going to be seeing my ugly mug a little more out there. Uh, but hopefully we can uh, bring some really exciting action to uh, Armbet's TV. You know, and with that being said, John, I mean, you've kind of reinvented yourself, man, the last uh, year or so. Uh, I know we were talking back and forth, you know, about, you know, being heavy and being strong. And now it's like all of a sudden it's just been this kind of a reinvention with John Milne that, you know, you're getting in shape, feeling great, looking great, um, pulling amazing and uh, set yourself uh, on different sites in the sport. I mean, uh, can you tell our listeners out there how this revolution came to, you know, came to be with you? Yeah, well, I was tired of being fat. It's bullshit. <laughs> Nobody needs to be fat. That's what, that's the I bottom line. It's as simple as that. I don't. I, I was sick of looking at my gut in the mirror. I'd rather <laughs> look at a six pack. That, that's a, it's as simple as that. No, you're I've right. A, man. You're a, right. You're right. I've got a fantastic girlfriend. That she she does. She's a nutritionist. Uh, she trains people. She does meal plans and she just put me on one. I followed it. It was simple. It was easy. Uh, and really, once you change your lifestyle like that and you choose to be in shape instead of like just a fat guy who thinks he's big you pretend you're big because you're fat you're not yep. big you're fat so it was just a lifestyle change it was a choice and uh well i guess not only that <clears throat> previously like a few years ago it was okay to pull uh bigger guys but now the guys are coming down like a 225 class is full of monsters mm-hmm. you've got guys like matt mask and devin larrett john brzenk marcy barbosa ron bath these guys are all pulling 225 and that's the class i was in i'm looking around like i got no business being here some guys are just too big and too good so i uh, at that time i was pulling wal and i was looking at the guys in 95s i'm like oh, i can beat these guys i just got to get in shape so it was it was a it was a combination i suppose between the two those that was tired of being fat and realizing that i'm 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 made to be 195 you know 200 pound guy i'm not big enough mm-hmm. you're not six foot and you're in the 225s yeah. you're just a fat guy in the 225s yeah, no, you know, do you think do you think that helps you out a lot to like structure wise? Because I've talked about this, and I've had this thing since you know I stopped bodybuilding. You know, and I was one of those guys five ten, weighing in at two eighty seven. Like I shouldn't have had no business uh, being you know that heavy, and and now kind of you know I'm getting my weight a little bit better under control, and I feel much better. You know, being a little lighter, and you know, still want to strive down to get to the you know two thirty two two twenty five class myself. Um, do you feel like it's helping your training, helping your recovery, um, you know, to be able to be in better shape. Do you feel like you're recovering faster, you know, being able to compete with the guys that are more your frame? Absolutely. Um, and that's how diet based, like, I, excuse me, I wasn't eating any vegetables. I thought they were gay. Uh, all I was eating was like <laughs> take out like chicken nachos or burgers or steaks or yeah. pizza, the fun <laughs> stuff, right? And that's garbage. You can't recover on that. When you switch yeah. over, like I I probably eat uh, vegetables five times a day now, like a cup or two each time. Yeah. And it really, honestly, helps a lot. When you're eating clean, you're eating proper nutrients, proper values, your body partitions that better, you burn fat, you recover better. You're stronger. You can get stronger and leaner at the same time. Just change your diet and stop eating nachos and wings and all the fun stuff, all the guy stuff. Um, it's really it's a simple process. It's just it's not easy. You got to make a choice to do it, but it's simple. And when you do, like I I feel great right now. I have no injuries. I feel as healthy as I've ever been. Uh, I got abs. Like I feel great. Look great. I'm strong. Like 
I should have done this years ago. And it's easy to get dragged into that. Oh, I'm big. Like I said before, you're you're not big. You're fat. So mm-hmm. you got to get rid of that mentality. And uh, you know, plus I'm 43 now, so yep. I can't no, afford absolutely. to be 240 pounds. Like I've got to be lighter. And uh, mm-hmm. life's just better, man. It's 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 a no-brainer. Now I've got I got a lot of messages from your teammates, man, complaining about you always bragging about how big and strong you are now, and you know how you look so great. You're flexing all the time at practice. I mean, is that something you're just doing to intimidate the team now? I mean, they're kind of. I mean, I heard from Devin. Maybe they're getting a little tired of uh, maybe you showing off, talking about how strong your hook is and stuff. I'm sorry, who? <laughs> Are you talking about the guy who they're having a lawsuit on that Photoshop? That's like 10% Devin Laird. He's not that tanned. His arms aren't that big. He's not that good looking. They took 10 years off his life with Photoshop, put a tan on him, and added muscles. They they should be suing the Photoshop people. They're suing anybody. Uh, That's not even a proper likeness. Now, thinking of, talking about that, man, what do you think of all that craziness going on now with uh, people wanting to sue over pitchers and stuff? I mean, I, I personally think, like, if the WAL used a, a, a UAL pitcher, I think that's kind of idiotic for them to do that. But, uh, you know, I was thinking more of the likes of maybe that Sports Nation made a mistake and used that pitcher. But, I mean, what do you think of, like, you know, suing over pitchers now? Is that what arm wrestling is getting to? And I don't know a lot about it. I don't know enough about it to really lean one way or the other. But, man, it seems kind of trivial to me. Like, if these guys are wanting to piss a line in the sand and, okay, I'm here, you're there, don't cross it. Like, they're from my standpoint, and I know nothing about the inner workings of the leagues, but from my standpoint, there could be a little bit more give and take. Like, we're all in the game together. Uh, as we all succeed, we all succeed. Like, it'd be great if – UAL succeeded, WL succeeded, PAL. If we all rose up together, I think it's easier that way. I could be wrong, but instead of trying to, you know, piss on each other to fight your way up, you know, I think from my standpoint, it'd be a little bit of leeway. Call them up, say, look, stop using our picture. Uh, Okay, fine. Like, I don't know who said screw you or whatever and how the lawsuit came about, but to me, it's like, fuck, just just get along like we're in this together and it's a very small world arm wrestling is a very small world and everyone's acting like they're big time like i I don't know you know Uh, what do you think of that man people thinking they're like it's big time now like a lot of these guys sometimes like now with the money and stuff they're like they're not even pulling in these events you know i hear sometimes you know not mentioning names but yeah. i'm not going to pull in that tournament because there's not going to be any money there you know it's at least got to pull you know pay two grand to, to go pull but a few years ago everybody's traveling all over the world to go pull for a medal or a trophy i mean it just seems like times have changed a little bit well they have people even to worlds for instance i i never thought that was i would do something like that to me that was crazy to go that far uh, you know, to spend a week in another country, that'd be great if you had planned on it and wanted that for a destination, a vacation, whatever, that's great, but I just didn't get it. But people forget four or five years ago, uh, you know, a $500 Mike Gold Classic prize was awesome because mm-hmm. it was a big venue. It was a, it was a big tournament. It's uh, pretty prestigious. Like that was, that was about as good as it got. 500 bucks sometimes would be like a fantastic first place prize. You know, we drive across Canada for a tournament. We drive to New York City, which for us was, I think, maybe 10 hours. Jump in a car and do those old-school road trips that I don't think really happen too much anymore for no money. So I, I understand people wanting to get paid, and I don't begrudge anybody for that, but I mean, let's remember where we came from, where 
you know, I want everyone to get this big speech for the love of the game, but really, that's why we're doing it. Nobody's getting famous yet. Nobody's getting rich yet. Uh, I don't know, man. Fuck, pay me to show up. Give me a break. Who are you? You know, I can understand. I, <laughs> this is going to piss some people off. I can understand some super heavyweights saying, pay me to show up. But if you're 165 pounds and demanding people pay you to show up, give me a break. Nobody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. Like, I don't care how good you are at 165, and those guys are going to piss on me for saying it. Yeah. But you know what? You're just the best 165 in the room. There's 25 guys in the place that could smash you. People don't care other than little guys if you're the best little guy in the room. If they want to pay someone, they're going to want to see the, who's the best guy here. It's Tim Bresnan or it's, you know, uh, Dave Chafee or yeah, yeah. whoever, Larry, right? Whatever. That's, yeah, what, yeah. that's what people care about. Yeah, and absolutely. So, I, I kind of laugh at these guys get a little knot in their face when they're, you know, whatever. They're just, to me, they're not the draw. No. Maybe because I'm not that light, but whatever. Like, no, but at the end of the day, right. people are. I think you hit a good point because it's really the strongest guy at the table. You know what I mean? I don't know any 165ers out there that are going to beat Dave Shapey or Michael Todd or whatever. And, and well, nothing. Yeah, of course. But that's why we're saying, like you're saying, what you're saying is because those are the huge, strong, big names that you want to see out there. And of course, if I want to see a, you know, Dave Shafee, uh, Andre Pushguard matchup, yeah, I think they should get paid. You know, they're the cream of the crop. So it's a little different. But when I see these novice guys or guys I've been pulling for two or three years going, man, you know, I should be making blah, 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 or, you know, I'm going to sign over here and it just seems to be a little bit absurd that, you know, they're trying to make these big steps without, you know, really winning anything. It's just kind of crazy. Yeah, I guess they're getting caught up in it and trying to fast track. Uh, the guys have been in it long enough, remember what it was like. And, and, you know, even back in the day, it would have been great. And then it crashed again and there was nothing for a while. So there's still a people, there's still a lot of people like kind of waiting, sitting in the bubble thinking, eh, okay, they're paying money now, but when's it going to crash again? So, uh, just man, just go with it. Just have fun, enjoy the sport, and you know, fuck, people demanding to get paid. If you're not, you know, one of the best in the world, then maybe just tone it back a bit. About, you know, wanting to get paid, like or demanding to get paid. At least everybody should. You know, it's great that they get paid, but when they start demanding money, that's when it's kind of, you know, kind of funny to me. You know, when you see these companies out there, like you know, WAL or you know giving out all this prize money and you see like a little bit of cutbacks and, you know, they're giving out $20,000 and then, you know, now they have to cut it back a little bit. And then I just read that now they're increasing it by 25,000. I don't know how they're working that out, but you think like, you know, when you give so much money out there, where's the the return and how are they going to make this investment pay off? Do you think like, a company like the WAL comes in real fast and flashy, and then all of a sudden it kind of dissipates in a few years because, you know, it's hard to really see the numbers, you know, flowing with uh, how they're making the money back now with Monster sponsoring and stuff like that. You know, it's a major sponsor, but as far as, you know, getting this money and making money off the sport so they can have the big prize money, do, do you see, like, that happening at all? I do, and I'll tell you why, because uh, Steve Kaplan, he's the guy who runs WL. By all accounts, the man is a genius. He's a brilliant, brilliant businessman. He's had success after success. I don't know how many millions of dollars the guy has, but it's it's a lot. It's too, it's too much to count. You don't get that successful. Well, yeah, okay, like I said, it's too much to count. I don't. To me, it's no yeah. different. Million dollars, <laughs> billion dollars, I don't, I don't know the difference. Yeah, I talk in hundreds. I talk in tens. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, those guys don't take a piss, right? Yeah. They're winners. 
they back winners, they build winners. Uh, I expect them to do the same here. Like, um, how can you not? Like, they've got a proven track record. Maybe not in arm wrestling, but they've got a proven track record in business. And they obviously know a hell of a lot more. They're doing more than us. Like, they may need some input from arm wrestlers and what's, you know, whatever here and there. But as far as business sense, we don't know shit compared to these guys. Um, so, yes, I expect them to, to do well. I expect it to keep going, and I expect them to get bigger. I expect more sponsors to come in, and I expect them to really have a professional Maybe more than one, maybe only one, I don't know, but I expect them to have like a professional type sports league, like maybe eventually rivaling, you know, the other sports, the legitimate, you know, uh, football, baseball, basketball, soccer, hockey, whatever. Like maybe not event like that big, but I expect them to have a legitimate league uh, in the future because they're just, they got the right guys doing it. Absolutely. Um, you know, those guys didn't make money, you know by making stupid decisions. It's just, um, right. you know, just, uh, I guess with the, the changes in the sport and we'll hopefully see, uh, you know, some bigger increase in sponsorship and, uh, you know, get to see, um, you know, where, where this is going to go. Um, you know, speaking of that, you know, talk about a little bit about the PAL, you know, Igor's got this arm fighter tournaments coming up here, the American arm fighter, um, you know, some big things going on. He's been kind of ploying this. We had him on the show last week, but unfortunately it was kind of hard to get an understanding because they were so in and out with, you know, we got the logistics of what he was saying, but bottom line is um, lots of good tournaments coming up. Uh, you know, they're going to be doing sort of like a world championships, um, you know, big events, almost like a Nimrov cup over here in America. Um you know, it's really great for arm wrestling, I think, to have another league coming in and doing these tournaments. I love the whole Vendetta, arm fighter, you know, six-round super match, you know, format. But now the tournament, the arm fighter tournament, with all these events, um, you know, you're going to have an arm fighter America, arm fighter Canada, arm fighter Europe, you know, it's just Russia, whatever. But it seems to be uh, just blowing up a lot more here with all these events coming up. What do you think of all this uh, with the PAL, all this action happening? Well, Igor Mazarenko is, is the undisputed king uh, of arm wrestling promotion. Like, everyone knows who he is. He's been doing it the longest. He's the best at it. He's had the biggest events, Namirov, Vendettas. Uh, he's just done it all. And he's the guy who could really put it to the next level. And him coming over here is great for USA, great for Canada, because they had all that over in Europe, and he was running that all over there, and it was going fantastic. And now he's here um, giving an option to, to guys if they're not doing UAL or WAL. Uh, he's got the the history behind him. He's got the finances behind him. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's got the right people in place. Um, I love the format. That's, that's why I'm so happy to now be involved with PAL, because <clears throat> I've always – enjoyed more the one-on-one competition the vendetta style and then back when i was doing arm wars for neil pickup uh, and i was just starting to kind of get good and i was starting to look around at other guys like around the world and you know uh, at the point in time i was i was going top americans and i was looking around at other guys like ryan clark and i had some good matches and he, he was the current u.s champion and he was had finished fourth in the world so I knew that I could compete with guys around the world, and I was looking at PAL, and I'd always wanted to 
that was like a long-term goal because they were always like really elite, like top end, you know, guys like Arsene Liliev, John Brzezank, Denis Saplankov, Andrei Porchkar. Like he, he always had the cream of the crop. Like, he always had the very best top-notch guys. So it was always a goal of mine to pull for that organization. And now that this opportunity has been given to me, uh, it, it, I couldn't be happier. It, it's the best thing for me. I don't necessarily like tournament style as much. It doesn't suit my style as well as a one-on-one like if i was to make it into the finals in a tournament it would be look like i had raped a bear because i don't go in there nice and smooth and nice and easy like i don't top roll i get into trench wars and battles and and i'll war through and that's not very good in in a, in a tournament style you want to be a guy who can be in there fast and you know unscathed and you don't want to be all banged up trying to go into the finals whereas if you're doing a one-on-one that flips Right. If you're used to going to battles and making battles happen, and you've got great stamina, great endurance, and you've got great, um, if you've got abilities to to work in a lot of different areas and change techniques, then that suits you better. And that and that's how I've been training myself. Like I've uh, with the high hookers, we tend to sort of learn and 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 try and develop multiple techniques. And instead of being the you know uh, silver bullet type arm wrestlers, we have some like Alan Ford is, is fantastic at that. But normally our guys are a little more well-rounded, and we can compete with people because we can find a weakness in them, exploit it, and make it ugly and make it long, and, and drag them out into that deep water and see what they got, like see what their training's like. So that's why I love the one-on-ones, and that's why I'm really looking forward to getting involved with PAL. All right, well, speaking of one-on-one, I mean, you got a big match coming up here May 7th. I mean, you got Peter Mills versus John Millen. Well, I mean, Millen, how did this even evolve? Like, where did like where did Peter even come in on your radar? I mean, what happened? How did you get that match set up? Well, he messaged me. We had a mutual friend, Robert Baxter, uh, who's a fantastic guy. I, I he's such a great guy. i got to stop and make a point of saying it. The guy's in He's incredible. He's one of the most respected men in the sport. One of the men I respect most. Mm-hmm. And, awesome uh, guy. It was a mutual. Oh, he's incredible. And it was through a mutual friend. And, and uh, Peter messaged me, uh, and I was still injured. I was still my wrist was still tore up. It was probably later on last year, maybe. And I wasn't I wasn't ready to do anything because he asked me if I wanted to match. I'm like, no, like I'm, I'm I can't do it right now. And then some time had passed, and I was training for the 200 pound round robin we had up here in Canada. And he had messaged again. He goes, look, I noticed you're training again. Like, what's up? You want to do something? I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, I'm I'm getting good now. My wrist is healed. Um, let's do this. And then uh, he approached me, and I, I didn't personally know who he was. I'd never, I, I've still never met him. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically that's kind of how it came about. He, he uh, gave me an offer. I couldn't refuse it. I always wanted to do PAL, so I'm like, okay, let's do this. And, and here we are. So he kind of came to you looking for a matchup, I guess, huh? Yep, that's exactly how it happened. Okay, cool. So do you think this could be like, um, you know, kind of a stepping stone for you? I mean, Peter, being involved with, uh, you know, PAL, you you say you win this matchup, and then do you think that opens up the doors for uh, a little more excitement with the PAL coming up in the future? I'm looking at this match as something I have to win with zero option of failure. I have to. I'm fighting for a spot on the roster. If mm-hmm. I go there and lose, where does that leave me? You know, if he loses, he's the executive director of the league. He can put himself in another match. Like, 
You know, yeah. I have to win. I'm fighting for a spot, and he's fighting to take that from me. And it's something, a long-range goal that I've wanted since probably 2010 to, to fight in, in PAL. So I'm taking this extremely seriously. It's pro- I'm going to consider this right now, and considering my age, uh, the biggest match of my life right now. Like, it's something that I have to win. Uh, I don't have a lot of years left. I want to establish myself in this league. I want to tear it up, and I want to stay there, and I want to enjoy it. And I don't think I can do that if I lose. So I feel the urgency to win this match and, and, and to fucking stomp this match, not just win it. I mean, win it, win it, like kill it. Mm-hmm. Is this, is this matchup like a little personal now for you? I mean, I know you guys have been going back and forth a little bit. I know Peter's listening to the show. I mean, um, that's what motivates you. I mean, what's your mindset going into this matchup? Yeah, I would say a little bit. Uh, yeah, we've had a little bit of talk back and forth, but because of the seriousness I'm taking this, where I feel the need to have to win it, um, I'm not going there to Vegas to make friends with Peter Mills. I'm going there to take advantage of him. I'm going there to crush him, demoralize him, do everything I can do to this guy to fight for my spot on that roster. And I don't care how he handles it. I don't care if he cries. You know, I don't – I'm not even shit-talking right now. I don't think he's going to come to the table for match four. I think by that point he'll already be done. He won't have enough in him to even make it up to the table. You can laugh, but I'm, I am being 100% serious, Greg. I'm not even, I'm not even joking. I do not wow. think he'll come to the table to match four. And if he does, it'll be one of those times where a guy just shrugs his shoulders and tips his head sideways and smiles like this is just a formality because I'm going to do things to that man that he's never felt before. He's never been in a match with somebody like me before. Uh, and I'm willing to – I'm saying right now that I will put – the high hooker training against the scientific Igor Mazarenko training. That's exactly what I'm doing here. Like you can post videos of yourself pulling on cables. Good for you. You can mm-hmm. post videos of yourself. You know, you're measuring the kilojoules and newtons of force and, and all this weight being lifted, but the weight don't fight back. Like Mike Tyson said, everyone's got a plan. Mm-hmm. If you get punched in the mm-hmm. face. I'm going to punch him in the face a lot. Okay. He's not going to like, what he feels all these practice videos are guys setting up nice and comfortable and and you're doing your little moves well good for you that shit's not going to work with me i'm not going to just sit down i'm not going to give you a good grip i'm not going to give you a comfortable grip you're going to have to fight for every little centimeter you get and the fight starts when they call our name like it's not on the go i'm going to have him i'm going to put the bleed on that guy early i'm going to keep it on him i'm going to keep him under those lights those hot lights i'm going to keep him on the camera and I'm going to keep him breathing heavy right from match one. And all the way through, I'm going to drag him into that deep water and make him tread water. Not even make him tread water. I'm going to grab onto him and make him tread water for both of us. I'm going to drag him down. I'm going to wear him out. I, I'm telling you right now, he probably won't come to the table come match four. The doctors may even have to intervene. <laughs> so so um, have you been doing anything different as far as your training since you've been signed up for this matchup? I mean, what's training been like? Training's been pretty much the same. Uh, training, sometimes we really get spot on with training if we got matches coming up, but usually it's it's really, um, it's it's pretty much the same stuff. We're doing, uh, we're trying to do well-rounded things. We try and train hard. Our, our sessions are usually pretty long. I guess they could be up to three hours, but uh, there's a lot of goofing off and making videos. Like, you, you guys see them all. Like we post down yeah, all yeah, this crazy course, shit all the time. So there's a lot of fun in our practices, uh, but there's also a lot of 
and this is another thing. There's a lot of uh, psychology and mental game in our practice. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of setup. There's a lot of grip. There's a lot of regripping. There's a lot of things that you're not going to get from a machine. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure Igor has probably got his, his scientific method down pat. It's probably fantastic, and it's probably measurable, and, and it offers great output. And he, Peter was talking about how he's four times stronger on something. He's saying that as if his strength is going to matter. And he keeps bragging about his strength. It's not going to mean shit. I've arm wrestled stronger guys my whole life, my whole career. I've arm wrestled like Mike Gould, Mike Leichman, uh, Paul Maiden, uh, Ryan Clark. These guys have all been stronger than me. That doesn't. That's one-fifth of the puzzle. And if you're only relying on one-fifth of the puzzle, you're four-fifths out of luck because there's so much more to it than that. And I'm going to show him that. He, he's, he, he really has no idea what he's up against. And he's talking a lot of shit. He's calling me mini-me, which is fucking pissing me off. Like, he's not, he's not bigger than me. He's fatter than me. And I told him that. you got a pointy head. You're shorter than I am, even with that point on top of your head, and you're fat. So stop calling me mini-me. That's starting to get under my skin, but I'm I'm kind of letting it because right now I'm trying to get fired up and I'm and I'm getting mm-hmm. emotional and aggressive for this match, which which works in my favor. But man, I'm so I'll do this match tomorrow. I'm ready. I'm ready right now, and I want to get this over with. I want to I want my spot in in PAL, and I'm gonna call everyone who's there. I don't care if Michael Todd is there. Everyone's there. After I win my match with Peter, I'm calling them all out. I will take them all on. Everyone who's there, I'm feeling that good right now. So what's your weight going to be after this event? What's your weight at? I don't think I'm going to say that right now. No. I'm a little Are bit you... less than 280, 280 right now. <laughs> a little bit less than 280. <laughs> yeah, didn't you guys have like a weight um, like weight restriction or something? You thought that <laughs> <laughs> there was okay. some kind of issue? So he calls me up, right? He calls me up, I want to do it at 200, right? And I'm 207 Uh-oh. at the time, 206, 207. I'm in great shape. I'm like, fuck, okay, let's do it. This is fantastic. I'll be there, no problem. Calls mm-hmm. me back. Uh, how about we do it at 220? I'm like, okay. all right, whatever. I get to eat up to the match. This is great. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care. And he calls me back, and he's like, oh, and I'm like, holy, what the hell? What is going on? And I, you know, I said, I don't care. You show up as big as you want. I don't care. I'll be ready. So I don't think we're winning for this. I have no idea, okay. but I don't even care. I don't care how big he shows up. I don't care how strong he shows up. I'm going to stomp him. <laughs> so I don't know what you're laughing I'm just laughing because I just find it funny. <laughs> I just find it funny. Um, <laughs> so you're basically, it's going to be 3-0. Peter's going to come to the table and, and, and just quit on the fourth match. Is that, is that your prediction? I think so. Yep, yeah. I think so. Okay, I'm not saying I'm gonna. I'm not saying right away I'm gonna win the first match. I don't know because I tend to be more of a counter arm wrestler. I'm gonna find his. I'm, I'm gonna groove him. I'm gonna find his weakness and I'm gonna exploit it. And I'm gonna put the like. It takes a while sometimes. If he is stronger, I don't know. He tells me he is. He could be. I don't know. So sometimes that'll dictate how the first match goes. Uh, but I'm gonna put the bleed on him. I'm gonna find his weakness. And when I do. He's just gonna start panting and sweating, and his energy is just gonna drop. And mine's gonna stay high. That's what we do. Like that's you'll see. I'm not Devin Lair, but you'll see Devin in match six still running about 95, 85 percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah, he's trained like that. And other guys have run like 35. I've I've got that a, not quite as good as him, but I've got an ability to, to run long, strong, long. So I'll still be strong come later on, and he's just gonna peter off. I'm like. He, there's so many things that these little fancy machines can't give you, and mm-hmm. adrenaline rush, uh, endurance, all the stuff that people are fighting back, blowing your hand up, blowing your fingers up, blowing your elbow up, whatever it is, whatever weakness I find on him, I'm going to exploit it, and I'm going to put the bleed on him, and he's, he's not going to be able to deal with it. 
So if he gets the first one, good for him. If he doesn't, he's screwed. If he doesn't get the first match, he's really in trouble. Uh, but if he gets the first one, he probably won't get any more because I'll find his spot and I'll exploit it and I'll just I'll I'll break him down. I'll break huh. him on the table. So so you said he's going to peter off, no pun intended. <laughs> that's that's a good one. I didn't realize I did that. But yeah, that's right. No pun was intended. <laughs> I got a message from Devin Laird. He's wondering how your top roll is. <laughs> uh, you guys Dude, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> That's another funny thing. This Peter guy, phones, he calls me up on the phone like nightly. I'm going to top roll you. No, you're not. Yeah, I'm going to top roll you match one. Do this match two. This, I may hook you match. Dude, you've got, you don't have a say in this. I'm hooking him <laughs> six times. Unless I want to play with them later on. If I want to top roll them, I will top roll them. But it's probably just I'm smashing inside hook. That's what everybody likes to see. Nobody likes to see these top rollers. Get inside. Let's see who's strong and do it. Like, ward out. And that's what I'm going to do. He can try to do He can top roll. He can try whatever he wants. It's not happening. And Devin can't top roll me anyway. So he shouldn't even talk shit about top rolling. He's not a good top roller. <laughs> Who, Devin? Yeah. He can't top roll. He does that gang's <laughs> move and wears people out. I, you know, I'm done talking about him. I'm done talking about Devin yeah, Laird. Yeah, no, I, this okay, isn't a Devin won't. Laird show. No, no, you're right. We won't talk about him anymore. It, he's just he's trying to hog up the spotlight here by messaging That's me. That's why he does that all the time. I know. I know. I talk about the lawsuit, all this other stuff. I know. It's just crazy. He's so. trying to beep in on my phone call right now. Like, Is he? Yeah. I'm, I think sick, he's text, I'm sick of that. He's, he's sick actually of that guy. Texting, texting me and messaging me on Facebook. It's just getting overwhelming here, so I'm a little embarrassed. All right. I'm just... Um, so yeah, like talking about the stamina and stuff like that. I mean, how, how is how 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 do you get to that level? Is it more table time? I mean, what are you doing differently? I mean, now that you're not injured, I mean, are you able to put in a little more table time? Yeah, well, I still do once a week. I've tried to do more, and just my elbows. He's texting me now. What a tool! Um, my elbows won't take it. My, I, I got to do only once a week, and I'll do like uh, like today. For, I practiced last night, and today I did my my rehab for Emerson. Um, so, yeah, it's it's once a week. We train for a long time. We train a lot of different areas, uh, like I said before, like we're training in the hand, we're training on the setups. And it's not necessarily, I've said this before, it's not necessarily endurance or stamina, it's sustained strength, and there's a difference. For instance, you would have Lance Armstrong with endurance or stamina, but someone with sustained strength, it's the ability to keep that strength level high for a long time and not peter off. That's where the difference is. And that's how you have to train. You've got to train in that zone, these long, tough matches in in training to develop that. So it's, it's not necessarily the ability to run a marathon. It's the ability to be very strong for a longer period of time than your opponent. No, absolutely. And uh, is that something that projects into your training off the table as well? Uh, no, most of the training off the table is uh, to look good. Okay. I, I, got, yeah. I got to admit that. And rehab. So most, I'm going to say 90% of my strength training for arm wrestling is on the table. I was still, I'll use, okay, I got to say it again, his name. I use that Devin Larrick training tool. I will use that for uh, outside of my table time. But generally speaking, my, my training in the gym is just for to stay healthy, to stay in shape, look good. Uh, and, and the strength is built and the endurance and the sustained strength is built on the table. So you like that um, Devin Laird handle? I do, actually. Yeah. I think it's probably the best, uh, the best. Yeah, you've got one, right? Yeah, yeah no, I got one. I think one. it's fantastic. 
I'll you use char- that. I think I think he charged me double. Charged me double for it though. I think so. What he charges ten bucks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he should have given you one. I think he sent me some extra sandpaper. Yeah, I thought he should have given. You're, you're a celebrity in the sport. I guess I'm not on that level, so he had to make the money off me. I guess he said his rent was due or something. I don't know. Anyway, well, he's, uh, like he's got a gambling. He's got a gambling problem too. Let's let's put that in. Yeah. Speaking of uh, training tools, uh, Scott Griswold did send me um, uh, his new little recovery. Have you been using that at all? What's that? It's a um, little recovery no. handle that you're working up the uh, opposite flexors of your form. No, it's pretty good. So. No, nope. I, uh, I haven't used that. I Devin, the only one Devin, I use, I use like a judo belt. That one. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, oh. he didn't. Yeah, he didn't show nope. that one. With, yeah, I can see why. He doesn't want to, yeah, you to. Exactly. You know, so uh okay before I let you go man what do you what do you got to say to Peter match is coming up in a few weeks I mean we're May 7th I mean Las Vegas what do you got what do you got to say to your opponent Well you know we we've talked a lot anyways and I've already said a lot of things but he just he's not prepared for what I'm bringing he doesn't know what's what's coming towards him he doesn't know what I'm going to do and he's really not ready for it and I I will take advantage of him I will expose him I will force him to do what I want him to do and he's going to have to work around something that he's he, he's got an ace. I'm sure he's got a favorite movie. It's out the window. He's not going to be able to use it. I'm going to wear him down. I'm going to break him down. If at all he can work on any breathing methods and energy conservation methods and getting in a little bit of better shape for the last few weeks, he better do it because I'm going to break him. I'll wear him down and break him. I don't think that he's coming to the table match for well, you heard it here live, Arm Wrestling Nation Radio. John Mill putting it out there. John, I want to thank you once again for uh, coming on the show, taking time out to to promote w, uh, PAL, your big matchup coming up with Peter Mills, uh, May 7th. We're looking forward to seeing the outcome. Wish you the best of luck, man. Glad to hear that you're back full tilt, no injuries, and in the best shape of your life, man. It's awesome. So uh, we'll be talking to you soon, brother. Thanks very much for having me, Craig, and keep killing it. I love your show, and good luck with the new venture. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right, brother. The Gully Grip is a free-rolling handle that inevitably causes more stability in your wrist than any other grip on the market. It's also much more accessible to any cable system, allowing more progressive overloading movements, producing a higher outcome in overall strength in not only your shoulder girdle, but also those muscle groups important for arm wrestling. Visit GullyGrip.com. That's G-U-L-L-E-Y Grip.com. Apply your strength. Country Crush, baby. The handles are made of polymer plastic that sits freely over a shaft, causing a free spinning motion. The frame is constructed of a high-grade steel and made here in the USA. The handle, while you can work many different exercises, was designed to challenge your hand strength. Focusing on overall arm strength, adding a balance and stability to your workout. By adding rolling handles, the Country Crush allows the user to work many different movements. Not easily done by similar handles, and by closing your wrists off at the end of each movement, you work your wrist and strengthen it at the same time. Country Crush, baby. What are you waiting for? Get in the game. If you ain't training with the Country Crush, then you ain't training. Check out www.countrycrush.net now. 
And guys, check out countrycrush.net today. Big sale. I know Raymond's got some super duper package. Uh, Raymond of Cote uh, doing some super big sale. Um, check it out today. If you don't have a Country Crush, get one. Also, want to give a big shout out to combatarmsports.com. Combat Arm Sports, great tables. I mean, I love my table. My training table, it's amazing. Takes a beating and just keeps going, man. No problems at all with it. Uh, Brady Ellis, man, putting some great material together. Um, and if you don't have a training table, man, get one today. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, you can actually see my uh, training table <clears throat> on his webpage, um, combatarmsports.com. And, uh, I mean, it's amazing. You get these, you know, he, he makes uh, custom it's just it's incredible. It's awesome. So um, get yours today, guys. So um, we're talking before we had John on about all these, you know, contracts. And arm wrestling is just taking a huge, uh, huge kind of differential journey over the last couple of years with signing athletes to contracts. And now we've gotten – you know, people getting threatened to be sued if they don't follow through with their contracts. And now with big news with the, the UAL versus the WAL over a, a pitcher that was uh, used in a, a sports cast, you know, with ESPN. And uh, so, um, you know, with all these questions and stuff, uh, I wanted to have someone on here with the background in law, you know, a lawyer, an attorney, checking over these uh contracts and, and giving us uh, a more understanding perspective of uh, of what's going on. So uh, I want to welcome our next guest um, to the show. I think this is the first uh, non-arm wrestler that I've had on the show, but uh, I'm really excited to have uh, Sophie Pallet on the show. How are you doing tonight, Sophie? Hey, thank you hey. for having me. Hey, no, it's great to have you. And, uh, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about your background, um, exactly what, um, what, like, what you, you know, what your profession is and, and what law you study. Well, I've been doing this for over a decade. Um, I started out nonprofit at Legal Aid Northwest Texas and then eventually shifted over to private practice. I do labor and employment, consumer and commercial litigation, state and federal courts, and bankruptcy law. Awesome. So uh, you're very familiar with contracts. You had a a little while to look over a couple WAL contracts. I mean, um, you know, a lot of the pullers out there, you know, kind of confused by some of the stipulations. Um, Are they able to go to uh, another federation if, uh, you know, if they want to, you know, not pull anymore with the the W? What did you learn um, from the contracts that you got to look at? Well, I looked at two. So I looked at the World Arm Wrestling League Marketing and Merchandise Profit Sharing Agreement, and then also, let's see, it's called the Release of Liability Waiver of Claims and Appearance Authorization for the WAL Regional Preliminaries. And before I get into too much commentary, I just wanted to make clear that I do not have any interest to represent either UAL or WAL or any other arm wrestling um, organization. I, I happen to be married to mm-hmm. an arm wrestler, and this is how I came um, to find out about, you know, the stuff that you guys are dealing with right now. And 
since he's my husband, I, I am here now. <laughs> no, no, and I'm glad you made that point because a lot of people were messaging me today and were like, is this a WAL attorney and blah, blah, blah. And, and oh, I'm glad no. that you, yeah, I'm glad you made that point that you're, you're, you know, you're, we just kind of wanted to do some research. A lot of people have been asking, you know, I've talked to your husband numerous times about this and we kind of wanted to kind of, you know, answer some questions and have someone with your background be able to, to give us a, a lawyer's perspective instead of just, you know, improvising and talking about this is wrong and this is wrong. Now we can get kind of a, a more of a professional approach to that. Right. And I understand. And I totally agree. And I would never in a million years have my husband sign one of these contracts. I mean, I spent a few hours today looking over um, both of the documents that I just identified. And where do I start? Um, First, I want to say that I am licensed in Texas. So I am only authorized to give Texas legal advice. I can't comment on you know, other states. And the first thing that I noticed is on the marketing and merchandise profit sharing agreement, it has a provision in there that this agreement and all matters or issues collateral thereto shall be governed by the laws of the state of New York. So everybody who signs this contract is agreeing to be governed by those laws. And furthermore, it states that if there's ever an issue, they grant personal jurisdiction to a federal or state court in the city of New York and the state of New York. So that, that's kind of problematic right there alone. Um, here in Texas, and that's how I reviewed it, if this contract, well, I, I shouldn't call it a contract, if this document would be reviewed in a court law here in Texas, I don't think it would be considered a contract. On page two, page, let's see, page two, paragraph four, when it talks about term, there's a sentence in there that says that the WAL shall have the right to terminate this agreement at any time for any reason for no, or for no reason. And in Texas, that would make it illusory. Therefore, it doesn't have sufficient consideration to meet the standards of what is considered to be a binding contract, according to the Texas Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. That's one issue. I mean, there are other issues in here. Um, there is a very broad release, and the release, and granted, I, let me jump for a minute to the release mm-hmm. of liability that people sign when they go to, like, the regional preliminaries. That document I didn't have so much of an issue with because having something about assumed risk or a release for participation, well, that that's standard. You know, sporting events and arm wrestling is, is a sport, just like football or soccer or any other sport. And so those provisions I didn't have a problem with. Um, the second page under the appearance for authorization, it's a little bit, um, I would word it a little bit differently. There's a comma after likeness, and I know I'm getting kind of technical here, but mm-hmm. it's, I, I think it's fair if someone who is participating in one of these events to agree to an appearance authorization to their likeness and image when they appear to compete in that particular event. But the way that it's worded, it's you agree to give WAL the exclusive, worldwide, transferable, sublicensable, perpetual, irrevocable right, et cetera, to their likeness, comma, and my performance and appearances in and in connection to the preliminary event. So that is a little bit broader than just that particular event. Overall, though, that one document I didn't have, like, really big issues with. What I had problems with is the profit, the alleged profit-sharing agreement, um, 
a lot of these arm wrestlers, I realize, are not making big bank. You know, when they go to compete, not everyone walks away with a $30,000 check. Mm -hmm. And there are provisions in here that grant very broad releases, releases including discrimination, defamation, false light, infliction of emotional distress, breach of contract. I mean, a lot of these things are, are beyond the scope of actually participating or having any kind of affiliation with that organization. And I find it strange that in the miscellaneous paragraph in page 11, even though it states that the laws of the state of New York govern, if you go back the prior page in paragraph, I believe it's 8, it makes reference to the California Civil Code because they're referencing whether or not there are claims from unknown or unsuspected issues that arise later. I mean, this this is a really very, very, very broad release. I, I would not advise anybody. I mean, and again, this is informational purposes mm-hmm. only, not specific mm-hmm. legal advice. But Absolutely. I wouldn't advise anyone to, to sign this profit-sharing agreement. And if you look at the very last sentence in paragraph 11 before it goes into that um, – bold paragraph it says the provisions of paragraphs 5a 6 7 8 9 10 and 11 shall survive any termination or expiration of this agreement well so that's forever Hmm. i mean that's incredibly broad so is that is that even did i lose you legalese i've been accused of that before no 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 what i'm just kind of comprehending like is that like even possible to be able to have a contract like that when someone isn't even making any money? I mean, literally only, you know, maybe a half a dozen people, or I'm sorry, maybe like 16 people. I forget how many classes there are. There's four classes. I think the payouts are like the top four. You know, there's only like 16 to 20 people making any money. I mean, what about the guy that's, you know, average guy that's showing up, pulling out the regionals, doesn't even place. I mean, is he stuck in this contract? I mean, is there a way well, to get and, out and of it? And that's why I started with the whole illusory okay. um, disclaimer. Like, in Texas, this would not fly. It would, I, In my opinion, I would advise anybody that came to me that this contract is non-enforceable because it is illusory. And Page 2, paragraph 4, because it states that the WAL shall have the right to terminate this agreement anytime for any reason or no reason, that makes it unilateral, it makes it illusory, and in Texas, that's not enforceable. So you don't meet the consideration element of, of, in order to be determined a contract set forth by the Texas Supreme Court, you have to have an offer, an acceptance, mutual assent, an execution and delivery of the contract, and consideration supporting the contract. If you have an illusory promise, you don't have sufficient consideration. So in Texas, according to our... Explain us before you get a little further, like, elusive. Like, what's that mean? Like, is that... Illusory? An illusory promise is a promise that makes the promisor's performance optional. Okay. And the Texas Supreme Court has spoken on this. It's good law, and it still stands. So in Texas, I don't even consider the marketing and merchandise profit-sharing agreement to be a contract. Now, with contracts like that, if you're not getting paid, I mean, what what would they even be able to sue for, like, damage-wise? Like, I mean, if you're – I mean, I know we can only speak about Texas, but, I mean – 
you know, guys out there that have different contracts in different states are going to have to, I guess, they're going to have to check out what the laws are in, in different states. But as far as, like, contracts, when you're under a contract and you're not making any money, I mean, what is the benefit of suing someone um, that doesn't want to perform in, in that federation anymore? Okay, well, we'll, we'll back up a step. To, in, in Texas again, in okay. order to have a contract, you have to have consideration. Normally, that's payment or money, right? Okay. But it can be anything of value, at least to the parties. So if there is something of value, then that could be considered consideration, and that would make it a binding contract. And I, so, I, I don't want to, like, stress too much, but since this particular document is governed by the state of New York, I, my hands are a little bit tied. I mean, I have friends in New York, and I'm happy to refer yeah, no, you. No, no. You, know, those, you can interview my New York friends on another show, so mm-hmm. maybe they can speak a little bit about whether or not they think it's enforceable. But in Texas, I don't think this flies at all. Okay. Now, I mean, you, you said... You know, you wouldn't let your husband sign a contract like this. Is is, is that the reason why? Is because it's just you, you feel like it's a, a faulty agreement? Well, here's the problem. My husband, like any other arm wrestler, if they did sign a cron- contract with WAL, the specifically the Marketing and Merchandise Profit Sharing Agreement, right? Mm-hmm. If they sign this and there's a dispute, there's two huge problems. On the last page, it, st- it states, I understand I am giving up my right to file a lawsuit in court with respect to any claim arising in connection with this agreement. So the arm wrestler, the little guy, is giving up all his rights. And then look at the other side of the coin. They are being hailed into the state of New York. They are agreeing to personal jurisdiction in any state or federal court located in the city of New York and the state of New York. So that means not only did they not make money at the tournament, perhaps, but then they're out of pocket the expense of having to travel to New York to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. So bad decision to be signing contracts like that then. Um, the profit sharing agreement specifically, I am a hundred percent against. Mm-hmm. The other document that I reviewed, the release of liability waiver of claims and appearance authorization for the WAL regional preliminaries. I don't have so much of an issue of it because again, assumed risk release release for. Yeah. Um, Participation, that's standard. I don't mm-hmm. like how they worded the appearance authorization Could it, it, because it could be interpreted as broader than just their appearance and their image at that one event. So guys that are signed um, with these contracts in different states, I mean, what advice would you give them if they wanted to get out of it? I mean, how would, you know, what would a guy be able to do to, to go about doing this research? I mean, what would be their direction to go? Unfortunately, I would have to say that they need to contact a New York attorney since this contract or document, excuse me, not contract, the document Mm -hmm. states that it's governed by the laws of the state of New York. So they have to go. I think it would be a great uh, next show to have a New York attorney. (laughs) That's a great idea. So hook us up with that. I do have friends in New York. I'm happy to okay, email cool. you. Now. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be awesome. Because I know we have a lot of listeners out there just wondering because, um, you know, some of these guys out there, you know, they sign the contract prematurely without going over anything, which, you know, is idiotic in my opinion, you know, to uh, to put yourself out there like that. But, uh, you know, for all the time and they're considered yeah. adhesion contracts in Texas. And we have rules about conscionability and stuff. But I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, that's fine. I mean, and I agree with you. I think, um, 
you know, when guys are, you know, wanting to compete in a, an organization and they, they, they see the exposure that they're going to get, they're going to kind of over, oversee like what they're signing and basically, you know, with um, giving up their whole rights of, uh, you know, even to, you know, be able to fight to get out of this contract or what have you. I know, you. and it really pissed me off. I'm sorry to, like, go into, oh, like, no, a little go bit ahead. vulgar. But, like, no. on page one, I just, I got so mad. Okay, if you look at the first page and the last page, both of those pages, they state to the effect of, I understand that I have been advised and have had an opportunity to re- review this agreement with an attorney of my choice. If they're making you sign this at one of your competitions, then how did you have an opportunity to have an attorney review it? And then on the last page, in more than one spot, it says that I understand that I am advised to review this agreement with an attorney of my choice, and I have been given the opportunity to review it with such an attorney should I elect to do so. How did you have the time, the five minutes that they gave you the contract to sign it before you went to go compete to have an attorney look at it? I'm sorry to all attorneys on on planet Earth, but we are not known to arm wrestle. So it's not like we're on call to review these documents for people as they're having to sign it. So with people signing that without any legal justification or help with, you know, going over that document, does that still make it a valid, you know, agreement still? Well, in Texas, I'm saying that it's completely invalid because of that one sentence that I read off of page two in paragraph four, that they have the right at any time and for no reason to terminate it. That makes it illusory. Therefore, it doesn't, have sufficient consideration to be considered a contract in the state of Texas. So all those Texas players listening, I think you're off the hook here by uh, by the (laughs) Well, I mean, Texas, we're known to be the Wild West, but I think Mm -hmm. we have some pretty good laws. No, I think so. So, you know, it's good to know that, too, because a lot of people out there, man, you know, they get confused with all these stipulations. And I know no one really takes the time out, you know, and gets an attorney to go over, you know, what this contract is and you know people were messaging me today saying you know they have a clause there that you know they can uh, extend your contract for another three years with you know with no say and i'm like i don't know man i just don't understand how that works at will which typically in texas and i'm talking now i'm referencing non-compete clauses but if it's terminable at will then oftentimes that is found to be um here i pulled up the site for you because i wanted to be prepared for everything Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so like in reference to like non-competes, Texas follows the general rule that when a contract contemplates continuing performance or successive performance and is indefinite in duration, it may be terminated at the will of either party. And that I'm referencing Trent Partners, LTD versus Blockbusters Videos, Inc., and that's a case out of the Fifth Circuit. And then quoting Clear Lake, Clear or Clear Lake City Water Authority versus Clear Lake Utilities, and that was Texas from 1977. I mean, these are old cases, it's good, good, old cases, good law, but it's based on the same foundation of you can't just have something going on forever and still have it enforceable. But the thing I want to warn your listeners is that that last page that states that the, the laws of New York govern, I, I'm kind of, my hands are tied behind my back because I'm only licensed to give Texas legal advice. And so I, d- I don't know what the laws are in New York. So I, I just, um, I'm worried for the people who are out there working hard, trying to get good at their craft and competing and signing these contracts. And they unwittingly are becoming bound to the laws of a state that they're not familiar with. 
Do you find that odd that it would be like that to another state, not the state that you're living in when you sign a contract? No, I mean, it's typical. I mean, the goal of any institution is preservation, so you're going to select the laws of the state that are best for you. Okay. Period. Now let's talk a little bit about, you know, the big news lately is, you know, UAL suing the WAL for uh, a picture that was used. Um, you know, uh, with all this copywritten and stuff like that that's going on, I mean, what's your whole opinion on that issue? Well, I actually became intimately familiar with this area of the law because South by Southwest, I'm sure some people have heard of them, sued one of my clients. So I had to learn everything there was about copyrights. Um, My opinion after reviewing the docket sheet and all of the pleadings that are currently on file besides the multiple procedural defects that were apparent is that the WAL, which is the defendant currently, they have a affirmative defense, and it's called the Fair Use Doctrine. And I don't think that they have filed an answer yet. I mean, I pulled these records yesterday, so unless mm-hmm. they filed something today, then I'm now not aware of anything else. Mm-hmm. But I, I honestly think, and this is just an outsider looking in, I think this lawsuit was filed as uh, harassment, as mm-hmm. an intimidation no, absolutely. tactic. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, listen to this. I, I pulled up several cases because I thought you might ask more about this. Mm-hmm. The fair use doctrine, first of all, yes, we have the copyright laws, right? And that's what they sued under, the copyright infringement. But we also have the First Amendment, freedom of speech. Now, granted, it doesn't cover every kind of speech, and I don't want to give you a whole boring lecture on what it does and doesn't. But my reading of all of the pleadings is that, there was a segment on, um, and I'm sorry, I don't watch the show. No, it's, it's, it was Sports Nation, yeah. They had a segment on there, and that's where that picture evolved from. Right, and so the, the WAL then took a clip of the ESPN's or Sports Nation uh, segment, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I actually watched. It was kind of comical. The commentator yep. actually pulled Devin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. did not win. <laughs> yeah. He was talking a bunch of trash like for a couple of weeks before Devin got on the show. So it kind of led up to that, which was funny. So Right. Well, but the thing is, is that if you take a segment of some other broadcast, the fair use doctrine is an affirmative defense to a copyright infringement lawsuit. And I, I don't know if the WAL has hired an attorney. I don't want to be their attorney. I'm just mm-hmm. telling you what I think based on what I've reviewed. And I wasn't there, so I don't know the facts, and I don't know if anyone else is involved. But you can use as much of an original work as necessary to put it under some kind of scrutiny. And my understanding of Facebook, and when I looked at Exhibit D, the post to like the video of it mm-hmm. was on their Facebook page, right? And mm-hmm. there is um, a section that people can make, like, comments, yep. like it, or share it. I think this perfectly fits under the fair use doctrine. And I okay. think the lawsuit is a waste of money on the part of the plaintiffs, honestly. I pulled a couple of cases. I think everyone is familiar with Muhammad Ali. He was a boxer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so one case said the makers of a movie biography of Muhammad Ali used 41 seconds from a boxing match filmed in the biography, and that was considered fair use. A small portion of the film was taken, and the purpose was informational. 
Um, another case I wanted to reference was um, there was a lawsuit known as the Betamix, Betamax case. I may be saying that wrong. The mm -hmm. Supreme Court, and I mean the U.S. Supreme Court, not Texas, determined that the home videotaping of a television broadcast was fair use. And then the other one I thought that was related was a TV clipping database made it possible for users users to search news broadcasts using keywords, then view a portion of the curated news clip containing those keywords. The court determined that the storage, indexing, exorbiting, and reproduction of the clip was also fair use. Everything that I have reviewed in the very short time that I've taken to look at this since yesterday, really, um, I think the fair use doctrine applies. Um, I know that the WAL, I mean, their time has not yet expired based on the date of the summons. But um, I think that they have the ability to utilize the fair use doctrine's defense, which is an affirmative defense and not an affirmative right. So you think this probably was just a, more of a intimidation kind of tactic? Or, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no. I know, That's right? I, I was thinking the same thing because the UAL, I didn't, you know, they kind of – kind of faded away and WAL sort of, uh, you know, took off. So I think they're just trying to nitpick and try to get as much exposure they could probably to, uh, even if it's negative, um, to do that. You know, because it's funny, I, I kind of get a more understanding of it because when I was reading over some of the documents and some of the exhibits and stuff, I at first I thought they were trying to say that the WAL took that picture you know, dummied it up for that show, but I guess what happened was Sports Nation used that picture, probably Googled it, used that picture of Devin, you know, put their logos and stuff on it, and then the WAL shared that video on their Facebook, and then that was what caused all this ruckus, I guess? Right, and the thing is, is in both cases, hypotheticals only, I think that ESPN, if they changed it just for that particular segment since I actually viewed it today, I think that was a parody. I think that they were just, you know, making fun and, and yep. you know, making him actually arm wrestle the guy that he commented about. I forgot his name. Marcellus Wiley? Yeah, Mar yeah, Marcellus White, I think, or Wiley, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. So, I, I mean, and the fair use doctrine, I mean, you get the right to comment, criticize, or parody copyrighted works. I'm not arguing that they didn't copyright that picture. I mean, it was a work for hire, right, allegedly, and yeah. they attached that as an exhibit I don't, to You know, and complaint. that's another – you made a good point there. And I don't know if it's a work for hire because I talked to Devin, and Devin doesn't recall signing any contract. Well, he definitely didn't sign a contract really? with, the, with the UAL as far as a signed puller, and that's what a lot of people out there thought was, oh, Devin was a you know, signed puller. But he did compete at a, w, or a UAL event in Vegas. I think it was like 2013 or 2012. I, I just got into the sport at that time. I think it was 2013. Right. And was it like regional? I'm, no, it was just a – It was well, long story short, a tournament that was supposed to be going on fell apart. UAL came in because they had all these people coming to this tournament, and he kept it running. I don't know what they had signed – as far as a release form there um, at mm -hmm. the tournament. But I know for a fact that Devin wasn't a signed UAL athlete. So, um, you know, and, and that being said, um, you know, I don't know if that changes things. And I don't know what was signed, you know, before Devin pulled. So, um, you know, but that's all speculation. Um, but I know he wasn't a, a signed puller. 
uh, he didn't sign any kind of contract to, uh, or or he would have been getting sued by Robert probably because he pulled in the WAL. So I mean, well, do you know that if he was actually flown in to take that uh, quote unquote yeah. Devin Lariat I'm, double bicep picture? I think that it was taken when he was at that event. I'm not sure if they did Seriously? something before that. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent. That would be speculation, but I know that he was never under contract with the UAL except he pulled that. I think one or two events, you know. So he correct. might have signed some kind of appearance of authorization. Re- yeah, like an a, re- a release of using, you know, his images or whatever. I mean, Robert actually bought his name as a domain and bought a couple other. Uh, um, and he actually, Devin just messaged me. He didn't even get reimbursed for any of his traveling. So I mean. Well, that's so. funny because I I I pulled all the documents off the of Pacer and they're claiming it was a work for hire photograph. Yeah. Well, I mean. Devin said that he never signed anything. He flew in for the big event because um, the event that was going to happen failed. He flew in, and he, he did not get paid for any photo shoot. He didn't get paid for anything. So, Does he remember taking the photograph? Um, yeah, I would think so. I think he would remember getting the picture taken. But he never got paid for anything, never signed anything. So, you know, um, yeah, and Devin just said, yes, he remembers Um you know, taking that photo. So, uh, you Are know, you what I see him right now, <laughs> uh, he just, he, he's just messaging me cause he's listening to the show. So well, why don't you have him call in and we can talk. <laughs> uh, I, I know. I, I would like to have him call in the second. Let me just get him on here. All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think that, like you said, I think it was like a, a bully tactic and uh, now nah, he's he can't right now. So, but anyway, um, you know the thing is, is uh, I think it's kind of sad for arm wrestling to take that journey. You know, suing each other. Well, but it I mean, happens all the time. I mean, I don't have a, a juris doctorate, a law degree. I also have a master's in business administration, and I know that again, the goal of any institution is self-preservation. So UAL, WAL, I don't know all the other ones. I know there are more. But they all want to make money. At the end of the day, they want to yeah, make a profit. Of of so I, I can understand why they're being territorial and they're trying to have like these, um, sorry for my French, pissing matches with one another. But I think the federal court is the wrong forum to have those disagreements. Nah, I think that the fair use doctrine applies. I think it's an affirmative defense based on whatever viewed. Obviously, I haven't interviewed anyone or gathered more evidence. No, no, of course, of course. Right, and I'm not biased. I don't represent anybody involved. I know, I just, I know. and that's I a good just, thing about it because that your just opinion is law. You know what I mean? So right, I think the whole thing's silly, and I do not like the profit sharing agreement. Those yeah. are my opinions. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, and, and and I agree with you, too. I mean, unless you're being paid to pull, you know, and you're under contract, I think, you know, that's a little different. If, you know, I'm signed up, I'm going to pull 10 events and they're going to pay me $20,000 or whatever. I mean, that's a little different. But when you got these guys that are not making any money, they get involved in this. Um, and then all of a sudden they're stuck because they didn't really take the time out to uh to review this contract and and it might cause an issue later on in their in their polling career so you know and i was wondering too with uh you know like with a feder when an organization like the wal when they get major sponsors and they you know change uh, like maybe their name of the company and stuff like that does that have any effect on a contract that they would sign 
Well, if there's an assignment agreement, sure. Then the contract okay. would go to the next party because there has to be privity of contract. Again, Texas law. And I, yeah, I yeah. wanted to comment on your, your comment that you made just like 10 seconds ago. Again, uh-huh. consideration doesn't just have to be money. It, it can be anything that is valuable to the parties. So in the uh, profit sharing agreement, one of the things that they state is that they are agreeing that part of the con- consideration is eligibility to participate in the league and the events and potentially win prizes or prize money at the event, et cetera, et cetera. There's other things in that paragraph. Um, I'm not disputing that particular paragraph because I can understand how that might have value to someone who actually arm wrestles. My problem, as far as, like, Texas goes, is page 2, paragraph 4, the section that says that WAL has the right to terminate this agreement any time for any or no reason. That is what makes it illusory and makes it – in the world of law known as insufficient consideration, therefore not meeting the, the prerequisites to be considered a contract. I got you. So you just can't, you cannot um, avoid a, a contract without any any reason? Well, that makes it an illusory, in Texas, it makes in, it yeah, an yeah. illusory agreement, right. And I wouldn't classify this as a contract. I mean, I would... Yeah, I know, I got you. Anybody in Texas that came to me, I would say the same thing. I just The thing that scares me is that all these guys, and I know they work hard, I mean, my husband does too, is that they're agreeing to be governed by the laws of New York and to be and held they, there. Yeah. And it's not cheap to get up there. I mean, geez, flights now are, like, way expensive. Yeah. Not good, not good. Well, Sophia, I just want to thank you for coming on the show and uh, clarifying some of that stuff. Uh, I would love to get uh, an attorney on from New York so that we could uh, cover that law. So I'll definitely be in touch with you guys and uh, we'll set that up hopefully and get, uh, get someone on from New York that uh, could really kind of get a little more in depth with, uh, you know, what the rights are for the pullers. I mean, we're here to just help the pullers out, give them a better understanding on contracts and especially the ones they've been signing here with some of these leagues that uh, are in existence now. So uh, I just want to thank you for your time, helping out. And I hope, uh, I hope uh, we answered some of the listeners, uh, you know, questions out there. So appreciate it. Have a great night, Sophia. Thank you, Mr. Subir. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night. You're listening to Arm Wrestling Nation Radio. Radio. Tune in Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern. At awnr.us. awnr.us. All right, guys, welcome back. That wraps it up for uh, another exciting episode of Arm Wrestling Nation Radio. And uh want to big, give a big shout-out from some of our Canadian listeners, uh, Rick Hopper out there, man. What's up, brother? Haven't seen you in a while. Hope everything's going good. Devin Larratt for his play-by-play uh, Facebook commentary. Um couldn't have him on the show, unfortunately, with all the stuff that's going on. And, uh, you know, guys out there, man, when you're signing contracts, you know, get get a lawyer, look it over. Um, you know, you don't want to be bond or bound to anything that you don't know anything about. Um, and also, um, you know, it's just, it's kind of just sad about, you know, seeing these organizations wanting to sue each other, you know, I'd hope that everybody would just want to, you know, what I would like to see, to be honest with you, is these organizations just grow together and then have, like, 
the PAL champion versus the WAL champion or the UAL champion versus this and that. And, you know, and just have these different organizations where you could, you know, maybe sign a contract for a year or a certain amount of matches and or a certain amount of tournaments and, and get to, you know, get to, um, I guess, enjoy or, you know, get to, you know, like to compete at different you know, different federations, different events, so you can kind of broaden your horizons instead of now being forced to, like, you can't do this or you can't talk to this person or you can't come on this show or you can't do this because, you know, if, if someone is trying to, you know, order you around and control you and that sucks. You know, we're in a sport that, you know, we don't make a lot of money at. We work real hard each and every day training, and you get people that come in and, and they want to make money off the sport, and, and, and I, you know, I, I commend them for that, you know, and helping out the pullers um, to make a little more, you know, financially. But in the end, uh, for the little guy out there that's not making any money, that's traveling, that's spending his hard-earned money to go to these regionals and he, he's not placing in the top 10 you know he's going home and and now he's bound to a contract where he can't experience other other organizations or other experiences in arm wrestling to me you know just i'm just not a fan of that you know you know and i just wish uh i just wish we could all get along um and i'll pull a pull against each other and um my wife is tackling me in the background once again for some absurd reason. I have no idea. So I'll let it slide. So anyway, I just want to thank uh, all our guests tonight. John Milne coming in, talking about his event May 7th. Also, I just want to thank uh, Sophia Pallet for coming on, giving us a little understanding um, about you know, what's going on with the contract, at least in Texas and the law and stuff, and, and giving her perspective with this uh, lawsuit going on with the UAL and WAL, um, which I think is ridiculous um, now that I, I got a better understanding on uh, what the situation is. I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. Next week's show will be Thursday night, 9 p.m. Tune in for another exciting episode of Arm Wrestling Nation Radio. I want to thank all our sponsors, and I want to give a big shout-out to my big sponsor, um, RSPNutrition.com. You guys need any supplements, RSPNutrition.com has top-line supplements. Get the gear today. Check it out, RSPNutrition.com, and put in the code RSP. Arm Warrior and save yourself 25% on every order. I mean, that's a discount and that's a deal for great quality supplements out there. Once again, guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Arm Wrestle Nation Radio. I'm Craig Subalera and I'm out of here. <laughs> have been listening to a broadcast of Arm Wrestling Nation Radio. If you tuned in halfway through the show, you can download the entire episode on iTunes today. Just go to iTunes and search Arm Wrestling Nation Radio. Visit us on Facebook for updates. 
photos, and direct links to the show at awnr.us. Our Wrestling Nation Radio will put you over the top. Come on.